This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Today, Joe Biden vows to completely outlaw gas-powered cars. New York City says it's safer since releasing inmates. And CNN caught in media malpractice because it's a day ending in day. We've got a lot coming up this Friday, and it starts right now. I keep forgetting. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Stubergear, host of Stu Does America on Blaze TV. Thank you. Very excited, Sarah. Thank Are you? you? Oh, yeah. Are you almost as excited as me? Yes. I'm very, yes. Well, I got, to see, I got to see Sarah at my house yesterday. <laughs> she came on the Lisa Page Made Me Do It podcast with my wife. Yes. Now, Pat, wow. you're invited as well. I know she wants to have you on. Yes. Also here, she? Pat Gray okay. of Pat Gray Unleashed mm-hmm. from Blaze TV as well. Yes. I'm not quite as excited as Stu, but I'm very, oh. I'm still somewhat excited. I I can't can't wait to hear what Pat and Lisa have to talk about on their podcast. Uh, Maybe scrumptiouscookie.com. Maybe. I would think that would be a good place to go. (sighs) Just throwing it out there. Okay, so Mm -hmm. really, before we get to the news, Pat's wife has a cookie company (laughs) and makes the most insanely delicious cookies. They're unbelievable. And I told him, please stop bringing them up here because I keep eating them. (laughs) And it's become a problem. We did find out before the show, only 12 (laughs) calories per cookie. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, they're very low in calories. That's not not scientifically... No, No. I'm just... I'm... Estimating? Okay. okay. Uh, and I estimate 12. Okay. Okay. Rounding. <laughs> yeah. Rounding a little bit. Rounding up, I think, because I was thinking nine, and then I thought, no, maybe it's about a dozen. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's Friday, and we've got some headlines to get into. Joe Biden, apparently, as part of his uh, massive new $2 trillion climate plan unveiled recently, Joe Biden promised to shift America away from gas-powered vehicles through executive action on the first day of his presidency. He said, uh, let's see, day one, but the Biden administration is going to be very, very busy uh, and they will actually uh, outlaw new production of gas-powered cars <laughs> on the first day when elected. Uh, so. I'm glad he's doing it on Good the first news. day because I don't think it's going to last more than a day if he gets elected. <laughs> he's probably going to step down a day or two in. Um, that's an amazing promise. First of all, I don't think there's a constitutional role for a president to just, by edict, say you can't uh, build gas-powered cars. That's not a thing. Mm. Um, but uh, well, but I don't. He would have to know what the Constitution is <laughs> in order to go by fair point. the Constitution. That's a fair so. point. Uh, yeah, no, it's an amazing. You know, because I remember back in, uh, I guess it was the late '90s, um, mid to late '90s, and you know, as we we're approaching the Al Gore run for the presidency. Um, conservatives went back and dug through some of his uh, his writings and uh, found in one of his books talking about the environment that he wanted to get rid of the combustion engine. And it was a big issue. Like, people were like, what? Like, that's <laughs> insanity. What do you mean you want to get rid of the internal combustion engine? That's not, that's not a thing. It's not, you know, like, that's not going to happen. Now, here we are. Lead, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, everyone says, like, oh, you know, the slippery slope and things mm-hmm. keep moving in a progressive direction. Now it's, like, barely even talked about. I mean, he wants to make cars illegal, at least as we traditionally understand them, and, and, and no one seems to bat an eye at it. Um, you know, I know he during the, the primary, they tried to 
bolster their climate plans and make them more and more ridiculous. This is Biden coming to the middle for a general election. Yeah. That shows you That's how crazy terrifying. these people are. That's terrifying. Pat, now, I just just to be clear, he is de- the, developing the standards that would essentially outlaw the gas-powered vehicles, right? So he's not coming out and saying, I'm banning all gas-powered vehicles, new uh, production yeah. of gas-powered vehicles. He's moving to uh, develop the fuel economy standards to where none of the gas-powered vehicles would fit under the current criteria. <laughs> so That's a lot like uh, what Barack did for the coal industry, where yes. oh, you can do a coal-powered plant if you want to. You're just going to go bankrupt because I'm going to place the restrictions on you that won't allow you to do business. Well, it's the same with the auto manufacturers. And, and again, I, it's, it's not constitutional. That can't happen. But I bet in the run up, if it looks like Biden is going to win, Tesla is going to do quite well in their stock prices. And they're already doing weirdly well right now for no apparent reason. Yeah, uh, it's the biggest, most valuable car, car Auto in manufacturer the world. in the world. Like, what? They over Toyota. Yeah. Over Toyota, over Ford. They over... don't sell, I don't think they sell one-tenth the vehicles. No. Uh, and for some reason, they've skyrocketed. Even, was it last year when Elon Musk, who's just a bit of a strange cat, uh, <laughs> said, yeah, the, the stock is way overpriced. Yeah. Way <laughs> Way over, uh, and then it fell after he said that for a while. But it's back up, back up, and it's back up a lot. Do you do you get the Tesla rage? I don't get it. I, I mean, I I think they're cool cars, yeah. and both Stu and I it got a chance to drive the P ninety. I think it was a couple of years ago. Did you? It's a me. I mean, it's, uh, it's like a rocket. Car. It's really cool. It's a rocket. I mean, it goes zero to sixty in about, about three seconds, right? Three seconds. I mean, the or price less, tag is yeah. there too, though. Oh yeah, uh, it's so not cheap. You're, pay- you're paying yeah. for that. Yes. Well, and luckily we all get to pay for it through our taxes for everyone right. who wants to buy one, right. which is right. a really nice thing. Right. I really right. like that a lot. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I that's the part I hate about. It. I mean, look, Musk is a, is an interesting character. Like, I mean, he, here's a guy who. Uh, is literally taking his billion-dollar fortune to not only build electric cars, but also build spaceships to escape global warming. That's yeah. how liberal he is. <laughs> yeah. And yet he comes out with one it. moderately uh, <clears throat> passionate view that agrees with Donald Trump, and the left completely turns on him. Yeah. And now they hate his guts for some reason. They, there's nobody more dedicated to ending global warming than Elon Musk, right? Like, this guy's actually doing something. Yeah. He's not just hashtagging stuff. And He's they don't trying care. to find us another planet to <laughs> yeah. live on. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's dedication. Yeah. That's dedication. That is pretty dedicated. Yeah, it is. Although I will say he was, uh, he did jump on the Kanye train for like the 10 seconds that yeah. Kanye was. Yeah, he did. Well, yeah, but yesterday Kanye uh, uh, registered in Oklahoma. What so now I think that? he is doing it again. I don't, I don't know. I don't he know also that. jumped on the Amber Heard train, uh, if you will. Did he? Uh, yeah. Um, he was seen coming and going multiple times into the Johnny Depp penthouse, but only Amber was home at that time. Oh, oh really? no. I'm sure it's just a coincidence. I'm sure he oh. was there for a meeting with Johnny. They probably talking about global warming. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, and there was probably some bad timing involved because oh, he yeah. was always showing up at 11 or midnight, according oh. to the concierge. Huh. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I guess that's when Johnny wasn't there. Uh, so I don't know why he didn't in the justice time frame a little bit, but he didn't. He so. is a weird guy. Yeah. He's a really weird guy. Uh, all right, so New York City, <clears throat> according to Mayor Bill de Blasio, uh, he says New York City is, quote, safer and better since releasing 
inmates. He held a news conference <laughs> yesterday to brag. Apparently, mm. it's a it's a bragging right now uh, to brag about reaching a monumentally low level of prisoners in the city's jails, which is <laughs> typically what happens when you release all of them uh, over a sickness. And. Uh, coincidentally enough, did not mention the increasing uh, crime rate going on in New York City. All of the people shoplifting bread, as AOC would point out to you, uh, mm-hmm. don't oh, know why yeah. they need to use guns and kill people if they, all they need mm-hmm. to do is shoplift bread. Do they but. stuff televisions with bread now? <laughs> is that what happens? They're filled and Nikes with bread. as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Wow. That's what I heard. One loaf of bread with every shoe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't know that worked like that. Uh, but he, you know, he's not the only, uh, New York City is not the only city to do this, right? Release inmates Mm -hmm. uh, in the middle of the pandemic. And uh, so now he's bragging about New York City being safer and better. Hmm. No reference to the uh, skyrocketing crime rate in New York. I got to imagine New Yorkers are going to see through this. But then again, I don't know because they elected Bill de Blasio. Yeah. What is with these New York politicians? (laughs) Like they're all bragging about how well they've done when they've done horribly. I mean, like worse in the entire world when it comes to coronavirus and they're, and yeah. they're bragging about that. Now the crime rates are skyrocketing after they've been very low in New York for a well, long Well, listen, time. let me just tell you, shootings in New York City are only up 277% this week compared that's, to last year. That's not bad. No, it's just That's actually less than I thought. Yeah, uh, percent, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, if you're fast enough, if you could just do the Matrix thing and dodge <clears throat> the bullets, you're fine. Uh, so just develop <laughs> that skill. If, if you just be Neo for a couple of weeks, then you should What be else fine. are you going to do? You're shut in your house. Yeah. <laughs> don't have anything else to do. Why not practice? I'm learning some skills. These people are just lazy. I I mean, that's all it is. I wonder if if, uh, Bill has talked to the family of the Silicon Valley uh, CEO that was just beheaded and dismembered in New York City uh, with with an electric saw. Uh, in his apartment what? complex. Yeah. You didn't hear, I didn't about, hear that? about this. Yeah, he uh, was brutally murdered and dismembered and his head was cut off. And, you know, it's because the crime rate is so low in New York. <laughs> I guess that one kind of stood out a little bit. Uh, you know, it's only up 130 percent for the first of the year. And then, like you said, 277 percent last week. It's nothing. Ah, That's like nothing. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> so what is it's just numbers. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. right? Um, you guys know Carol Markowitz from I think the, she's in the New York Post, I believe. I think so. The New York Post. Or, I don't know. I get, I get those newspapers in New York mixed up. So I apologize to Carol. But uh, she was uh, on Twitter uh, just today and she said, you know, she's been in New York this whole time. Um, she's conservative. Uh, she's a columnist there and, and writes. You know, but, you know, she she's sensible and, and, and in New York City. So that combination does exist. Mm. Uh, but she said she went out for the first time since early March. Uh, I believe it was this past few days and said it's out of control. Now, look, the, you know, wow. New, York, New York City is always you always are going to walk by some random person who's like peeing on the street or <laughs> right. like it's kind of part of the New York experience. It's, it's charm. Um, but she said it's just a quanti- quantity thing. It's it's that much more right now. Wow. People because it's just people really? out there. It's like a it's an apocalyptic wasteland, yeah. And the only people who are out are kind of like you know. Do they think they're in a bathroom like the San Francisco bathroom? Is is that where they think they're in? They are. That doesn't. I mean, while New York does sometimes smell like urine (laughs) in the summertime, especially. Um, they didn't have the problem that San Francisco did. No, I, and now it's starting to sound like they're having, 
a similar situation going on there. New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, uh, we're, they're turning us into a third world nation now. We were out uh, in San Francisco for the Super Bowl that year that it was there. And yeah. I will, oh. I, the literal worst smell of my entire life. <laughs> I remember smelling as I was walking down the street. I can't even describe how horrific it was. And Sometimes I have never nice smelled anything too. like it since or before. Mm. I, I genuinely, I heard this story right when my husband and I were trying to plan a vacation and we almost went to San Francisco. <laughs> And I was yeah. so happy that I heard your story before we booked the trip because I was like, well, I, I haven't been there in 10 years. I'm going to take their word for it, mm-hmm. and we're going to pass on San Francisco. Uh, so also in New York, t- t- give me a reason for this, okay, because I can't quite reason it out. New York City schools uh, will only be partially open in the fall, right, with many students participating in a hybrid learning program. They're only going to be going to school on campus for a few days. So to help parents out on the days that they are not going to school. Uh, de Blasio also plans to create a publicly funded childcare program for students of all ages where they can have a place to go and learn during the day when the city what? isn't letting them, I'm not making this up, when the city is not letting them go to school. The daycare mm. program will have students meeting at community centers, libraries, and cultural organizations. This is a great idea. Like, what if we had something for kids <laughs> to do every day <laughs> where they could go learn yeah, right, and the parents right. could go work. Okay. There'd be someone there to take care of them. Uh-huh. Maybe give them a meal like yeah. around lunchtime. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe they could go play outside for a time <laughs> right. as well. Um, Sounds and maybe, like you're describing um, a school. <laughs> we could have them in these schools. <laughs> That's where these things could happen. They could send all the kids to these daycare centers inside schools yeah. where they could go, and there could be like yeah. a person at the front of the room. <laughs> Just do it every day things. instead of using yeah. the daycare center as a, a school, which we already have set right. up. Well, that would be wrong because schools yeah. are dangerous. But if we had right. a daycare center okay. and we had a teacher okay. and, and uh, set up some classrooms, set up some classrooms in and a, let them eat in some food. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that there's something to that. This is typical de Blasio, nailing it as usual. Well, what I want to know is, are they still supposed to pay the same amount for the schools and then on top of that, yeah. add more to yes. pay for the other schools for the other days yes. when you just... The answer to that is yes. 100% that is what's going to happen. It's just going to be a no, new media or new source mm. of revenue uh, for, uh, for de Blasio and the media will love it. <sighs> All right, we've got more to get into after the break. First, we want to thank our sponsor keeps. So if uh, you've noticed, maybe your hair isn't looking as full as it used to. I know, I know losing your hair isn't fun. If you're a guy, you're like super embarrassed about it. You don't, you're not going to go to the doctor. I'm going to be sexist for a second and say (laughs) men don't go to the doctor for like anything, anything, nothing. You're not going to go to the doctor. We already know that. But uh, if you want to avoid going bald, you got to try keeps because you can do it from the comfort of your own home. Uh, You'll get the same doctor recommended FDA approved hair loss treatment. But not only are you going to be able to do it from home, Keeps also offers the generic versions of these treatments. So you're going to pay about half the cost. So you're going to save money. You're going to save time. You're not going to have to go to the doctor's office and be all embarrassed. It's all online. You just answer a couple questions, take a couple pictures of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review everything. Ship your product directly to your door. All right, it's that easy. You got to try it right now. We can get you started with a very special deal. You can go to keeps.com slash Y. That's W-H-Y for 50% off. That's half off your first order of keeps. That is keeps.com slash W-H-Y, keeps.com slash Y.
Texas Department of State Health Services uh, apparently removed over 3,000 cases from its statewide COVID-19 cases total because uh, they say the San Antonio Metro Health District was including probable cases in their case totals, uh, which means that they were not confirmed at all. There was no testing that confirmed that it was a uh, an actual COVID-19 case. And the actual count was 3,484 cases, which I consider to be a lot. Uh, I also know that it was not just San Antonio and Bayer County uh, that is doing that. I did just recently see um, there was a Collin County meeting that was uh, videotaped that I watched the recording and it was a, a, an official from the health department who came in and said this is how uh, the cases are being counted, either confirmed or probable based on, you know, the symptoms. Did you watch that? Yeah, I actually did. Um, so that was from May. Um, yeah. And so, you know, uh, but it, it is the official policy, though, not to count those in the total. So, I mean, if, if but it San- does bring the question, how many yeah, localities could, could are counting these like San Antonio are? I think there is so, at some level we have to step back and say, look, there are thousands of, of agencies, individual testing labs, like some controlled by the government, some not all these different types of tests. Right. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of different things going into this. It's not going to be perfect. Like we had an issue in Florida, right, where Florida had these cases where there's two or three, uh, you know, two or three percent of the labs were not reporting their negative tests. Mm-hmm. So it, while the, all the tests were positive, were correct, there were no negative tests. So in the, you know, it's a right. small percentage, but it's it 300, did, wasn't it? Wasn't it 300 it was testing th- centers? Three percent of the cases total. Um, so it would. But they reported a hundred percent positive rate. <laughs> it was like rate. in the nineties right. or ninety eight. Yes, yeah, it was like ninety eight. Yeah, mean, but again, it, when you look at it, and how then that like, would. Oh, oops, we meant nine point seven. Right, right. But when you look at how it would affect the actual testing positive test percentage, it's you know it, it makes basically no difference, and it's still rising either way. Um, look, there, you, you have. Are you the there, son of Dr. Tony Fauci? Uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> <are> you, that's <laughs> <laughs> well, because because here's my question yeah. is, but how does it even get to be count like how? How, do, how who, what official, what reason scientifically would you go, you know what would be a good idea is if we have absolutely no idea if this is a case, but we definitely counted in the caseload. But they, I mean, they, they, look, okay, okay, here, here, here's one for you. Okay. I mean, we're this shutting is, down is, the economy is, over it, so I feel well, like it should be pretty we all, accurate. We always go to that, right? And as you know, I do not agree with shutting down the economy. However, let's stop and think about probable he cases. A, he's a Fauci he's apologist. An apologist for Fauci. He's a Fauci he apologist. Yeah. One of the reasons they added probable cases, for example, in Texas, is because a bunch of new tests and types of tests came on the market. So the ones that they had initially as confirmed cases, they didn't include those other tests in the in the confirmed cases. They included in the probable because they weren't they didn't go through all of the levels of, of approval to go down that road. So, like, if I live in a if I live in a uh, house and I and my 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 wife has COVID nineteen with a positive test, and I come in with heavy coughing and fever and a positive test from a non approved testing outlet, is that a confirmed case? Not until I get the official test. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's a probable case, and it's not included in Texas numbers. Is that appropriate? I think it's totally appropriate. They think now that MIT did a study that they think that the death toll across the the world is about 50% higher than has been currently uh, recorded. There are tons. I don't believe that. 
Well, mm-hmm. I don't believe it. I, I, I mean, I think it's uh, very likely. For example, you could look at, uh, and we've talked when about this. When did he before. become deep state? I don't know. It's been, I want to know. It's been a little while. I've noticed it over but like, the last few I, weeks. Again, like, <laughs> so there are, there are legit skeptics, right, that look at all these numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And what they say is they knock, they, I don't believe this is true at all, to, to be clear, but like, they'll knock off 30,000 deaths off the death toll, right? They'll say 30,000 of them shouldn't count. Okay, 110,000 people died from COVID-19. Not, not, not crazy, not a good thing. Mm-hmm. That does not mean, as I've said multiple times, does not mean we close down the economy. We can't. Other li- we can't shut down our civilization when people die. However, what we can do is try to minimize the amount of people who die until we get some way of treating this and it goes away. I think that's a fair way of looking at this. And I think a lot of times people take it, and because it's true, by the way, this is not, this is not, this is not uh, uh, something that's wildly uh, irrational. When people say COVID-19 is bad, what people hear is, we want to shut down the economy. We want to blow it up so that Donald Trump doesn't win. About 90% of people out there on the media are doing it for those reasons, right? Like they do look at it as they want control and they want to shut down the economy and they want Mm -hmm. the politics to come out their way. That being said, it's still not a positive. It's not like a massage. COVID-19 and massages are totally different. I would say COVID-19 considerably worse. That's my opinion. Really? Mm -hmm. That's that's the Dr. Fauci opinion. (laughs) Dr. Stu Fauci. No, I think COVID's better than the massage. Oh, come on. Oh, really? This is why we have these pants. Because we get different <laughs> viewpoints. I, I'm definitely not. Uh, I'm not saying it's it's not serious. Right. And it's, it's not real. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a, a thing. And, and I don't want to get it. Yeah. You know, I've got high blood pressure. I've got some underlying issues that would probably be bad for me if I Just got your it. Cookie intake, I think, would make you very exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank you. Now all yes. of us have underlying <laughs> conditions here. <laughs> but I think there are some. I think there are some ulterior motives going into some of the numbers, and I think money is a big part of it. And these hospitals are being paid a lot of money for COVID cases. And uh, when you see some of these nurses come out of these hospitals and they've done some, you know, uh, behind the scenes recording of what's going on in those hospitals, it's it's chilling and it's. It's frightening. And I, you know, I, and then I hear from I hear stories of people like they've been to co- testing sites, a whole family, and they, they yes. sign up for the test and then they get tired of waiting so long and they go home and then they get a call yeah. a few days later and everybody in the family tested positive. Which that, is that weird. That's either. in particular who started that had did had it happen to her in like 12 different cities, oddly, like where she has multiple posts about had that same. Story she gets around. <laughs> she gets around. She's just OK, a, she's just she's a, good, a, a traveling woman and she's, she's a, a Salesperson and she okay, goes, Mr. No. Deep State. Try this story on for okay. size. Yeah. All right, yeah. in Florida. Yes. A, and this was this was Fox 35 News in, no, in I, Florida. I, yes. Okay, found out that uh, they were listing uh, a couple people in their in their COVID 19 death count uh, who were very young. One of them was in his 20s, and they asked whether uh, he was he the guy in his 20s had any underlying conditions. And there were two of them. And the doctor said the first one didn't have any. He died in a motorcycle accident. Right. This is uh this would be this would not be mm-hmm. a COVID death. It is uh, a COVID death. It is not, uh, <laughs> according to official Florida policy that ex- explicitly. But it's listed as a COVID but death. But it won't be. These things take time to sort through. You're not oh, gonna get who's these gonna sort it. through Look, them? I will tell you this right now. I bet there's a thousand cases across the country that are like that. Right. Like you're going to be able to get anecdotal evidence from all over. Yes. 
and probably I doubt it's that high, but let's say there's a thousand car crashes that have been <laughs> coded as COVID deaths. Maybe that's true. I will tell you, the official Florida policy explicitly says you cannot count that as a COVID death. But if there is it possible one or two have squeaked in? Yes. And that's why they're news stories. We're going to get anecdotal stories about this type of thing for years to come. That being said, look at the overall grand scheme of things here. Right. We know looking at the rate of death among uh, people that goes every year it follows the same line and then for whatever reason maybe more motorcycle crashes of people with covid it goes straight up and then it comes back down and we have about 150 or 160,000 excess deaths than we would expect during a year like this that doesn't mean that we shut the economy down it does mean however I mean, I just don't think people are that bad at riding motorcycles. There has to be enough people in there dying from COVID. And I think it is. As you guys point out, it is something that is real. It is not. I would not say I would not bet my life on saying, you know what? This number is exactly right, because these are government institutions gathering this data through private sources, thousands of them across the country. It's not an easy job, even if they did have good intentions. A lot of them don't. Right. Mm -hmm. Some of the stuff will get people who love the covid thing and want to make it worse are going to probably over report. Some hospitals are going to game the system just like they do <clears throat> Medicare and Medicaid and every other government. Well, FDR because, is listed as a covid death. He died of covid. Because yes, to that's Pat's how point, it is right to now. Pat's point, yeah. I mean, regardless of what Florida's <laughs> policy is, right, like a state can have whatever uh, official policy for listing the deaths. But, but there's if the money hospitals involved. are being incentivized, yeah. if people are being incentivized to list it as that, I don't think it really matters what the what the official right. policy but, is. But like, for example, on the on the on the uh, on the incentive thing, because I agree, like these things, of course, happen. We've seen this happen with Medicare over and over and over again, right? Where they have uh, have gamed the certain hospitals have gamed the system. They're in tough straits, right? Because they they've banned other procedures, so they're in deep crap in a lot of these mm-hmm. in a lot of these situations. So, do, do I think that is happening? It's probably definitely happening at some level. On the other side, like when you're talking about incentives, they get paid for respiratory and COVID at the same level. Now, they're both bonuses over a normal treatment, right? So if you put someone on a ventilator for another thing, right, you would still get, because that's how Medicare pays. They pay on a a, a flat number for for each particular type of procedure. So if someone gets thrown on a ventilator, it's just like, it's like Barack Obama used to say, right? Like the tonsil thing. There's piles of tonsils all over the place because these doctors want to take tonsils out because they get these extra payments. That was the same type of argument. And I think it actually does happen. It's true. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, I think you can get caught up in trying to parse every single one of these cases and say, okay, well, this one should count and this one shouldn't. The general scheme of this is it's been pretty bad. And, you know, we've, we've tried to, I think we've spent a lot of time focusing on it and still people are dying. And so we're going in the wrong direction. I think it's hard to deny. We now are at the point with Florida and Arizona and Texas where it's not just cases going up, it's deaths again. And I, I really hope it just, I hope, I'm getting to the point now where I'm getting frustrated enough with this. I'm just like, I just hope they come up with a magic pill. Like, yeah. I'm at the point where, like, capitalism eventually comes up with a magic pill, and we're all fine. And I really hope that happens soon, because I'm getting sick of this. Well, uh, we have more coming up with myself, Pat Gray, and Dr. Tony Fauci <laughs> after the break. First, thank we want to thank our sponsor, I, Well, Greens. look, I mean, I've been also voted sexiest man of the year. So <laughs> I, I, I missed that. It was, a, it was it. an online poll. <laughs> yeah. Very scientific, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, it was in a close 
closed private group. <laughs> so with your wife, roughly, yeah. no, your mom, my wife did not. Um, so if you are a dog owner, you know you love your dog. Here in uh, the United States of America, our dogs are part of our family. Unlike over in Wuhan, China, where they don't really they don't they don't love their dogs as much as we do, right? But we want to feed them well. Okay, we want to take care of them. We want to make sure that they stay healthy and live long, healthy lives. The way to do that is to use rough greens because any dry dog food that you're feeding your dog, uh, it's already all of the good stuff in it has been killed. <laughs> I, just can't, I can't get past your Wuhan joke. I, did, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. It was not a joke. It oh, okay. was good. very serious. No, it's true. We it's do a serious care. comparison. No, no it is. <laughs> they they is don't that, like do their dogs see? as much as we do. Oh, okay. They, is that another online poll? Is that how you figure that out? They use the rough greens on top of when they cook. The, well, anyway, so rough greens, uh, it brings back all of the nutrients that you're missing from the dog's food, from the dry dog food that they've already killed, all of the vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, probiotics, omega oils. All of that is killed in the dog's food, but rough greens is a supplement. You sprinkle it on top of the food, and it brings all of those things back in. All right, so you can know that your dog is going to get what it needs to live a long, healthy life. It's great for older dogs too. Uh, it's going to improve their joint mobility, just help them live out their older years better and more comfortable. And if you have a picky dog, uh, they, they, they don't eat the food. Are either of your, mine's really picky. Really picky. Yeah. I know Glenn's yeah. is. My, I mean, I'm yeah. like, it's she 4 p.m. To, and I'm like, you haven't even eaten your breakfast, girl. Right. She used to take all day to eat yes, food. Now she my, gobbles it down in one sitting. That's exactly how mine is as well. So mm -hmm. if you got a picky dog eater, which it's, that's so annoying, you're like, dog, you have the best life ever. Eat your freaking food that we're serving you every day, all right? Or if you just want your dog to stay healthy, you can go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. Get a 14-day jumpstart challenge for $14.95. You will see the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. All you have to do is go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That is R-U-F-F-greens.com slash blaze. White House Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany gave a press conference yesterday in which she was asked about uh, reopening schools. Now, this story, I would like to talk to you guys about reopening schools, but also to point out just the media malpractice that is going on if you are not paying attention and watching these things for yourselves. So let's play first Kaylee McEnany uh, answering a question about reopening schools in full context. Watch. You talked about earlier with school districts, but we're seeing more school districts, at least in Virginia, for example, last night, deciding to go online only. What does the president say to parents out there who are now going, okay, what do I do with the kids? kids and they should all yeah, the die. The president has said um, unmistakably that he wants schools to open, and I was just in the Oval talking to him about that. And when he says open, he means open and full, kids uh, being able to attend each and every day at their school. Uh, the science should not stand in the way of this. Uh, and as Dr. Scott Atlas said, I thought this was a good quote. Of course we can do it. Everyone else in the Western world, our peer nations, are doing it. We are the outlier here. Uh, the science is very clear on this, uh, that, uh, you know, for instance, you look at the JAMA pediatric study of 46 pediatric hospitals in North America that said the risk of critical illness from COVID is far less for children than that of seasonal flu. The science is on our side here, and we encourage for localities and states to just simply follow the science, open our schools. It's very damaging to our children. There's a lack of reporting of abuse. Uh, there's mental uh, depressions that are not addressed, suicidal ideations that are not addressed when students are not in school. Our schools are extremely important. They're essential, and they must reopen. So I thought that that was a pretty comprehensive uh, mm -hmm. answer, right? She said yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my God! No, no, what I, do you want now, Tony? <laughs> you, I can tell why they're, what they're jumping on here. Right, can't right, you? Yeah, right, because yeah. as soon as she says it, you're like, yeah. okay, that's going to get taken out of context. Yeah, the science can't get in the way, right. which is not the way to phrase that. <laughs> it's not, but yeah. if you'll, I mean, right. if you listen to the full quote, she obviously yeah, didn't she, mean that. She went on to cite studies 100%. and say the science is behind us. Yes, and it's she just also the slip of the you tongue. Could take uh, the science won't get in the way, meaning the science is good for us, so it won't be in our exactly. way. Which is, I think, right. what she meant. Exactly. You know, if you want to be critical of her, and I think she's actually done a pretty good job. So oh, I think she's been great. Better amazing. than I would have expected. She was never yeah. my favorite guest on yeah. CNN or whatever, but she's done a good job, Exceeded I think. Exceeded my expectations, yes, for sure. I, I would agree with you on that. Um, uh, you know, your press secretary, though, you have to know this is you have to. I mean, it was just a, it's a flop. And and but she she clearly in context, you could tell what she meant. And anyone right. who's taking mm-hmm. it out of context is obviously just BSing to take to score another point on Trump and get some retweets. Well, I'm sure you guys will both be shocked to hear that one of those people was Jim Acosta. CNN. (laughs) So he just tweeted out the White House press secretary on Trump's push to reopen schools. The science should not stand in the way of this, period. End quote. That's it. That's the end of the tweet. Yeah. Like, what's the right way to say that? Like, uh, the scientific evidence we have so far is not going to stand in the way of this. Right. Like, that's what she meant to say. Right. Right. You know, it's, again, typical Jim Acosta. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what you'd expect. He's a douche. It wasn't just him. Of course, it's, you know, the Washington Post, all Mm -hmm. of the typical places you would think to see that from. Um, And then there were a lot of headlines that were written that way that. You, you know, they know that the people that they are catering to are too stupid to actually click on the link. So they have the totally. link of the story saying, reading that headline with just mm-hmm. that quote, nobody's clicking on the link. Yeah. And so they think right. that it's totally fine. And, and right. you, you can't let that happen if you're the press secretary. I mean, like your job is to get that as precise True. as possible. However, she there's not been a lot of uh, examples of her doing that. I mean, she's been I, pretty good. So and, far. And, and, and they, I think she's the best press else. secretary since Ari Fleischer. Yeah. I, she's well, been Great. Yeah. I think she's been great. And they're pissed at her because she get, throws it back in their face. Yeah. Like they should be sacred. They should be able to ask her and beat on her and harass her all day long. But if she comes back at him, oh, they're offended. Mm-hmm. And so it's great to see. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So, um, so Dr. Fauci, what do you think about the reopening schools, about Trump's push to reopen schools? I think they should close all buildings in the United States for the next 12 years. Um, that's where I am right Only now. 12? What about after they come okay. out with the vaccine? Still close them? I, I still close them. Even if we come out in six weeks, we still close them for 12 All buildings. Uh, yeah, all buildings. Every building. All buildings. We should all live huh. outside. Uh, okay. I don't think that's too much oh. to ask. Look, it's, it's a tough time. No, uh, I, I, look, I'm, uh, you know totally on board with opening schools. I mean, I think, you know, there are some concerns, right? The concerns largely not with the children. The concerns are going to be with your janitors and your, and your, uh, and your teachers and your, your staff, which might tend to be older, right? At schools, it it does tend to happen. So they've said the kids pretty much don't pass on the disease to others. And that's why, like, I mean, look, I think if, a te- if I'm a teacher and I have a, an, exi- an existing condition with a weakened immune system, I think you, they should probably have the option to say, hey, I'm not coming right now. Yeah. Like, I yeah. think that's a totally fair thing. And it's tough because you can't just say, all right, well, um, you know, we're just going to fire all teachers over a certain age. Right. Like, I mean, it's, it's it Wouldn't becomes be discriminatory in that way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like when you, I think 
Schools should be open. Uh, they may need to be more innovative, right? Like there's been this one suggestion, which is kind of interesting, where you'd have a younger aide essentially in the room with the kids and a teacher. If they're in this situation where they have a, a, a um, you know, a, a pre-existing condition of some sort, they zoom in to teach yeah. while you have a physical presence still there. I mean, look, it, we're, in the, we're yeah. in the South. I like that. Is there a, is you know there might be out, outside situations uh, that work for a lot of kids, right. so you're not packing everyone in as tightly. I think adjustments like that are totally sane. Um, the, you know, there's a school around here that is doing face shields for kindergartners. Stupid. Kindergartners. Mm-hmm. And nope. masks mm-hmm. for every kid all day. Absolutely not. And it's like, I... I don't think that's even healthy. I don't, no. I don't think... I mean, look... It's, it also is going to spread more germs mm-hmm. because also, the kids are going to be messing with right. their yeah. stuff. And then they're and going to take it off everything. and they're going to put yes. it on the desk and then they're going to pick it back up after it's been contaminated. Yes. It's also unnecessary, right? It is. I mean, like, especially, you know, in a place like Florida or Texas where, you know, you could have... You could throw up a... There's a $400 tent on Amazon you could fit an entire class in. You know, throwing them out there... You are know, you saying our children should go to school in a tent? That would be fantastic. I would love that. If you were a kid, you'd freaking love that. That would be fun. Um, you know, I, there are ways you could do this. And I think they're also just going to have to try it. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, sometimes people bring up places like Norway and Denmark who are doing it, which is great. Although they never really had an outbreak. We are at a different place. I mean, I do expect we will have s- schools with big outbreak numbers of cases. With kids, it's really not that big a deal. The question mm-hmm. is, how much is that spread to the parents, to the grandparents who might live there in the yeah. same house, uh, you know, to the teachers? That stuff is going to be have to be tightly monitored, and, and they're going to have to try to learn on the fly as usual. Tightly monitored, but weighed against yeah. that the health benefits, mental and you know, psychological and everything yeah. of sending the kids back to school. Yeah, like I mean, it it, just needs to be weighed. Yeah, I think that's that's <laughs> like, like that's. What, that's a fair way of understanding right. it. Like this idea that you're just supposed to close everything, is, it's not sensible. Yeah. I mean, it's not. You can't do it. Yeah. All right. We've got more to come back in a minute. But we should close for the next 12 years. <laughs> that's, you guys, I'm, I'm talking about after 12 years, right? We come uh, back and restrict it. NFL Union uh, released COVID-19 data yesterday saying that there have been 72 known positive player tests as of July 10th. Now, obviously, they're trying to provide players with as much up-to-date information on the spread of coronavirus as possible. It includes a heat map showing the biggest hotspots among all of the team. And the Miami Dolphins and Arizona Cardinals are located in the markets most affected, which is not a surprise. Not a surprise. Um, uh, What's going to happen here? And I will just say, these gentlemen right here tried to talk about this during the break. And I was like, don't (laughs) talk about the NFL and football because we're about to talk about it on the show. So go ahead. I should be clear. I want the every building to close down for 12 years, but not the NFL. The NFL remains open. They get to play and we get to go to their games Um, to full exemption from Dr. (laughs) Stu Fauci. I think uh, there is a. a very difficult thing going on that the NFL has completely avoided so far. I mean, I was at the Super Bowl. Uh, they said there there were cases at the Super Bowl they believe were actually there. It was the very beginning. The last thing the NFL did was right when it started. And they've skated through this. They've been mm-hmm. able to have the draft, all their offseason stuff, and basically been able to avoid this problem completely. Mm-hmm. It's about to run out. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, honestly, when you think about the way these games are played, football seems to be... One of the most dangerous, like, it, 
Think of those linemen. Mm-hmm. They're just pushing up against each other, breathing into each other's faces for four quarters. It's a lot of close contact. It's a not lot, lot of, of social contact. distancing. Like, where baseball, I think you it's have It's not going to work. It's, yeah. Let's Base- just face it. Yeah. It's not going to work. I wish it was. You, you, this is I wanted to. On this because, uh, I wanted BYU to. Is in yeah, it, I mean, the college season's not going to happen. Let's I don't just think just face so. facts. Yeah, it's not going to happen. At you're going to have you're going to have all the all the conferences. You're going to say conference only, and then they're going to say, "No, nah, we can't at all." Right. And then this season what's the goes point? away. Now the pros will they put millions of dollars on the line for this because the NFL is a ten billion dollar a year industry. They might start to, but with seventy two before the season even starts. It, how many are going to get it during the season? Yeah. And once you have star players getting COVID-19, they're going to shut it down completely. So I don't think either season gets played. Maybe the NFL starts, yeah. but they don't finish. Yeah, I think the NF- NHL and NBA have the I best chance yeah. of finishing because all they got to do basically is the playoffs. Um, yeah. So they have a chance. And they're in the bubble. Um, I don't know about the NHL, right? They're, they both are. Yeah, yeah. One's in Canada. Right. Oh, right. right. Edmonton right or something. Um, so they have a, a two-city bubble, I guess, and then uh, you okay. know Orlando. I mean, yeah. and they keep saying like, "Well, there's so many cases in Florida." Well, it's like, well, they're all enclosed in Disney World. I, like, yeah. I, that shouldn't be a case. It doesn't shouldn't matter if there's a bunch of cases in Miami. Yeah. Um, but probably there will be an outbreak, and probably there will be some. They only have to get through a few weeks um, where the you know baseball hasn't started yet. So once they start, they're not going to want to stop. But if LeBron James gets COVID nineteen, do they continue the season? I don't think so. I mean, I think they shut it down. 100%. I know you. I know. (laughs) But when you're you're talking about the face of the NBA, I think you shut that down. Well, imagine it happening, Pat, in the finals. Right. Let's say game one ends and he tests positive for COVID. You're done. You're done. You can't play. uh, Can you imagine? Can you imagine all the apologists for LeBron? (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Torture. Um, But uh, I think, like, where football, it's not starting, right? Like, they get into camp. And they have massive test problems um, where a bunch of people are testing positive. It's not even going to start. Yeah. Where like at least the and, and once they get going, like Major League Baseball, once they get all these stadiums prepared and they start for a couple of weeks, it's going to be hard to shut it down um, because of all the money on the line. Uh, and the same thing with the NFL. Once it gets going, they're not going to want to stop it. The problem with college, of course, is like it's one thing when billions of dollars are being generated to ask millionaires to pay for millions right. of dollars. It's another thing when billions of dollars are still being generated, but you're paying zero dollars. Mm-hmm. It's hard to justify that if there's a huge problem, they're going to be just mm-hmm. destroyed in the media. So. It's true, but I mean, what if you're the college player who, like, you you need your big break to get to the NFL? Every one of them would play. Every one of them. I know. I know. Because what are they going to do? What do they What do they do now? Yeah. I mean, right. have no, they, they, they're right. missing their opportunity. And in football, you can't just say all seniors get to come back next year. That's right. too many people and they don't have enough right. scholarships for that. Right. They can't do that. So, <laughs> you know, they can bend rules and maybe some of that will work out. But I mean, like you know, we were talking about this, you know, we have kids about the same age and it's like, you know, you figure if you start remembering things around five years old, yeah. you know, my kids now have been, you know, really in that period for three years. And four, five, six months of this of, of their life of that remembrance of life has been is COVID time. This? We're talking 15, 20 percent of their lives that they yeah. remember has been COVID. Uh, that gets to be. I mean, it, this goes on too long. That's just going to be the way they remember their childhood, yeah. and that is really t- that's terrible to think about. That's really bad, and it's also uh, unfortunate. I think Pat because 
as far as the NFL goes, I mean, you're talking about a bunch of people who, okay, I, I get it. COVID-19 is a bad thing, but like these people should be able to fight it off yeah, better than they're anyone, the right? They're the healthiest and strongest right. among us. Yeah. They should be able to handle it. There have been some NBA players that tested positive that really went through tough times, but none of them have died, obviously. Right. Um, you know, the coaches are older. We all know that. Uh, but, you know, look, I think it's going to be it's going to be a tough balancing act. I, it I, is. But we need it as a country yes. so badly yes. that I hope it happens. I hope it happens. <clears throat> NASCAR had an event, uh, 20,000 people in a giant 160,000 seat uh, arena. Really? Yeah, just the other Texas night. Texas Motor Speedway? No, it was uh, Bristol. Okay. Oh, OK. Yeah, Texas Motor Speedway is. Is it this weekend? I don't is know. It this weekend they got a. Yeah, that, I think they've got an event coming up with 50 percent capacity. Uh, and it holds 150,000. They can get 75 in there. All right. Well, we need it. We need something. All right. Give us something. We'll be back in a minute. Well, they've given us a cornhole championship. <laughs> That's true. All right. Yesterday's poll, who do you trust the least? Most of you said the media. 87.5% of you said the media. Uh, fo- wow. Followed by the president at 6.3%. You trust the president less than you trust the FBI and the CIA, which both came in around 3%. Interesting. You guys are an interesting bunch. Today's question, which state is the worst place to be to be during COVID? Which state is the worst place to be in during COVID? New York, Texas, California, or Florida? Still. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're talking from the beginning, it's right. definitely New York. Yeah. I mean, right Going now, New, New York, York is in a good swing, but the same thing is going to happen to New York that happened everywhere else. If, mm-hmm. if the cases build up here, people are going to travel there and it's going to start all up again there. Well, New York is in a, a good spot now because Cuomo has handled it so gracefully. Don't even, don't <laughs> even do it. We want, we want a minute left in this show. You're going to make me go down this Cuomo thing. All I can say about that is Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com. Except he's done a great job with this COVID yeah. thing. No, he has not. Yeah, he really has. He you has can, not. You can tell. You can see it. You can't oh, yeah. See it. He's, I mean, he's got, what, 80%, 85% de- approval rating in yeah. New York because he's done such a good job. They're the ones that, that would know. <laughs> what? He's a, yeah, only a third of the, the people, people who have died. All the people that would dead. You're right. <laughs> What are they going to do? They can't vote him. They were old. They don't even know that there's a show that they can go on and talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.